was waved from every conceivable surface. Spring was a riot of colour in Berlin, so long as the colours were red and black. Beneath the birthday bunting, however, everything was a little shabbier in Germany's capital. The tablecloths in the restaurants were spotted because there was no detergent, the bread was sawdust, and the ersatz coffee undrinkable. People looked the other way on the trams because there was no toothpaste precious few razor blades or shaving foam, and the sour odour of humanity and unwashed clothes hung in the U-Bahn. Even high-class nightclubs like Ciro's stank of low-grade cigarettes, and taxis home were non-existent because of the petrol shortage. After the previous year's Anschluss, when Germany annexed Austria, followed by the bloodless seizure of Czechoslovakia that March, most of Europe guessed a war was on the way. When it happened, it would be Poland's fault, according to the Ministry of Propaganda and Enlightenment, which ensured that newspapers were black, with 72-point headlines screaming belligerent revenge on the Poles for their atrocities against Germans in the disputed Polish Corridor. Poland, look out! There had been murderous attacks on Germans in Danzig. God help any country! that stood in Germany's way. Looking around her, Clara guessed that despite the marching and the machines, no one in this great big birthday pageant really wanted war. The ghost of the last war was still behind their eyes, and the thought of what another would do haunted all but the very young. Only the little boys beside her, who now had squeezed between the legs of the stormtroopers guarding the route, saw anything thrilling in the inexorable wall of men and tanks rolling past. Everyone else was getting by on an edgy cocktail of hope and denial. Everywhere you went, nerves flashed and shorted like violet sparks above the tramlines. Tempers frayed. The whole city was as pumped and jittery as a dog being forced to fight. Above their heads, loudspeakers strung along the street barked out radio broadcasts of Josef Goebbels between bursts of military music. Goebbels was cheerleading the nation, as though the Führer's birthday was synonymous with facing up to the Poles. Enthusiasm for both was compulsory. No German at home or anywhere else in the world can fail to take the deepest and heartiest pleasure in participation. Clara winced. The voice of the short, club-footed minister for propaganda and enlightenment still got under her skin like shards of glass. Even now, after six years in Germany, hearing it daily on the radio and at the Babelsberg film studios where she worked, Josef Goebbels' wheedling tones could make her flinch like chalk on a blackboard. Clara was only there because of a solemn promise she'd made to her godson, Erich Schmidt, who at sixteen had been chosen to lead his battalion of Hitler youth in the parade. It was a great honour. Erich had impressed on her several times— only from where she was standing there seemed little chance of even glimpsing Erich, let alone of him registering her loyal presence. It didn't have to be that way. As an actress contracted to the Ufa studios, Clara had qualified for a place in the VIP enclosure, alongside prominent personalities in their finery and portly party dignitaries trussed up in field grey. The viewing stand— garlanded with golden laurels and tented drapes like a marquee at a country wedding, offered a far better view and a gilt chair to sit on 
That was why she had risked the Ferragamo shoes, as well as the skirt suit and the tip-tilted hat, which now looked far too smart amid the stolid burgers of the Berlin crowd. Only, when she reached the gates of the VIP enclosure, she realised she couldn't face it. She spent enough of her life in close confines with Nazi officials, without wanting to join them behind a velvet rope with no chance of escape. A frisson of excitement ran through the crowd. A posse of steel-helmeted, black-jacketed SS officers had appeared and were elbowing their way through, glancing from left to right. Josef Goebbels, who was filming this extravaganza for posterity, was controlling every aspect down to the last detail. No one was allowed to take their own photographs, and police were deputed to arrest anyone in the crowd who wielded a camera or failed to perform the Nazi salute. Has the S-